Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This week in Connecticut, where I'm going to summarize for you right now the news stories that were important this week in Connecticut. And let's begin with Monday, which was Martin Luther King Day. Governor Lamont in Stamford had this to say. He just reminded us that you don't always get to the mountaintop. It's a journey. And every day you're looking for justice. You're looking for that North Star. And I think that's what this day is all about. We had a chance to speak with Wayne Winston about the significance of Martin Luther King Day. A lot of controversy that erupted with respect to the new Embrace statue in Boston Common. And a lot of people, you'll have to look at that for yourself to decide whether that controversy is merited. But also a continuing conversation about what is it that Martin Luther King would have wanted. And specifically talking about the content of one's character as now becoming some kind of a controversial aspect of the I Have a Dream very famous speech. And this is what Wayne Winston had to say on Wednesday about the meaning of affirmative action and how that has really played out. And what did that mean in the way of what Martin Luther King Jr. wanted to envision for this country? Now we're getting into the business aspect you talked about. The MBEs for women and blacks. The MBEs. Mm -hmm. There's way more white women that have been able to take care of that Mm -hmm. than black. And I know here, even in our own cities, and this is nationwide, that there were white companies, they'd put their, their names of their business that had been around 40, 50 years, put it in the name of their wife. And all of a sudden they get these incentives this is true. and all of these things so that they could save money, which yeah. how did that help black people? Not so much because we didn't have all the businesses <laughs> or that many. So, you know, the rising tide raises all boats, it does. so to speak. Governor Lamont scheduled special elections on February 28th to take place February 28th for three state representative seats in Hartford, Middletown, Stamford, and West Hartford. The 100th Assembly District, which consists of portions of Middletown and was most recently held by Quentin Q. Williams, who passed tragically in a car accident on the date that he was sworn in during the inauguration, 
will also be will be one of those special elections. The other is the sixth assembly district, consisting of portions of Hartford and West Hartford, and the one forty eighth, consisting of portions of Stamford, most recently held by Daniel Fox, who was slated to become a superior court judge. Under state law, the governor is required to issue a writ of special election within ten days of any vacancy in the general election in the general assembly. And a special election must be held 46 days after the writ is issued. The writs were issued on Friday, January 13th. The special election will be held on February 28th. In other news in Connecticut this week, the Westport uh, Saugatuck zoning was approved by the RTM, a challenge to the Westport PNZ's commission decision to approve the rezoning of the Saugatuck neighborhood located off of exit 17 off 95 and down by the train station failed this week to win the two-thirds support of the RTM that was necessary. A group of Westport residents, calling themselves Sensible Saugatuck, had petitioned the RTM to overturn the zoning amendment on the ground that the new buildings would be massively bigger than those currently existed and that those currently allowed to be built under law. The effort failed largely because many members of the RTM felt that if an alternative proposal for affordable housing under the state statute commonly known as 830G was submitted, then the PNZ would have had no choice but to approve it. For some on the RTM in Westport, the proposal was considered, quote, the lesser of two evils. And speaking of 830G, we had Alexis Harrison and Maria Weingarten, the founders of CT169 Strong in the studio, uh, I want to play for you a little bit about what Maria Weingarten had to say about 830G. Especially when they say, well, there's so much of a need for affordable housing, yet a lot of the bills that we're saying don't create uh, generational wealth. They're not meant to create homes where people buy their homes. What they're encouraging are rentals. So they say they're pro-homes, but the reality is they're pro-rentals, and that doesn't create generational wealth. So that's sort of what we're struggling with. When I think about what these bills are all about, it's just about density. And I go back to the first year where Sarah Bronin had her talks, her Desegregate Connecticut talks, and what she said was, well, what we really want is to build a whole bunch of units so that we have more tax base. And so then the state can do really cool stuff or really fun stuff with the extra revenues that they get from the state income tax revenue. That was Maria Weingarten for CT169Strong.org. And speaking of land use, this week in Milford, the town voted to allow ADUs, otherwise known as accessory dwelling units, to be built. And the city of Norwalk voted to delay approval of the new height. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
During the pandemic, all school lunches were free in Connecticut public schools. And on December 1st, the money ran out, the money that had been supplemented by the federal government as well. So schools began charging again for meals. That isn't going down very well with reports anecdotally and otherwise that some kids aren't eating the way they should be. So legislators are considering going into emergency session on January 25th to restore funding for breakfasts and lunches, according to State Senator Saud Anwar, Democrat co-chair of the legislature's Public Health Committee. After a very contentious meeting and weeks of debate, the RTM in Greenwich voted by a very slim margin, 104 to 101. That's a lot of people participating in this, with five abstentions to accept a $500,000 grant from something called the Center for Tech and Civic Life for improvements to the local election infrastructure. The funding is said to be derived from a Facebook, excuse me, Meta, source, and many Greenwich residents questioned why Greenwich needed any outside funding at all for its elections, and they were concerned about an agenda behind the money. Nonetheless, the money was accepted, and it passed, as you saw, by a slim margin. The iconic Pepperidge Farm headquarters in Norwalk will be moving to Camden, New Jersey, as part of a consolidation of executive offices in the Campbell Food Company. 170 employees locally will lose their jobs. However, the bakery in Bloomfield, which employs 400, is staying. According to Wikipedia, the Pepperidge Farm Farm Company was started by Margaret Rudkin in 1937, who named the brand after her family's 123-acre farm property in Fairfield, Connecticut, which had been named for the Pepperidge tree. I wish I could tell you what the Pepperidge tree looks like. I have no idea, but I do know what a box of Milano's looks like. Energy costs were a big conversation in Connecticut this week, as January is getting underway with unseasonably warm weather and so far zero snow. Connecticut Republicans have proposed a number of legislative fixes, including spending $363 million from state coffers to pay for the items on our individual bills that have nothing to do with our actual electricity usage. Republican uh, State Senator Ryan Fazio was on the show. This is There's how he two explained it. goals of our plan. First is to reduce costs to consumers and improve reliability of the grid in the long run. And the second goal is to strengthen oversight of the electric utilities, uh, give more autonomy and um, an ability to Pura in particular in order to provide a check against the utilities and protect consumers. And it was very interesting that you mentioned the municipal utilities. They do um, have lower costs to consumers. Part of the reason is because of all the fees and mandates that are embedded in the electricity bill that we pay to Eversource or United Illuminating. Uh, And we propose uh, as part of our plan reallocating a lot of those monies to the state budget or reducing them entirely, which will bring about $210 of savings to the average consumer's electricity bill. And we also had Representative Jonathan Steinberg on. He is the chair of the Energy and Technology Committee. This is what he had to say about our current structure of electricity altogether. We have a a rather unusual structure in our state where we used to have traditional utilities that were responsible for the entire gamut, uh, acquiring the energy and distributing it. At a a point uh, going back uh, almost 30 years, we decided to decouple and take utilities out of the generation business. To your point, we still allowed them to be for-profit companies, which is really somewhat outside the traditional utility structure. And uh, we may have ended up with the worst of both worlds. 
More possible good news for Connecticut taxpayers in the wake of the second highest budget surplus in Connecticut history. Governor Lamont announced this week that in addition to an income tax break for earners between $150,000 and $200,000, he intends to eliminate the pass-through cap for LLCs and deductions on one's personal returns. Mark Bowden, who is the commissioner of our DRS, Department of Revenue Services, estimated that 120,000 small businesses in Connecticut will benefit from this amendment to the Connecticut tax code. At this stage, this is a proposal that has to be passed by the legislature, but all signs point to go. And so that's where we are. We also had a chance this week to focus a little bit on two investigative stories that I wanted to bring your attention to. One has to do with Connecticut State University, uh, Connecticut State CCSU, the Central Connecticut State University, in which there had been a, uh, an arrest made in connection with a current baseball scholarship student in connection with the fact that his former girlfriend said that she beat him up and he was arrested for that assault. And Tom Hopkins did a very in-depth article on the lack of accountability of CCSU in handling this complaint. We had him on our show, and part of the point that he was making is that, well, we'll hear it from him, Tom Hopkins, Connecticut investigative reporter. It's a very serious issue, um, you know, violence against women and just like our apparent inability to address these serious issues. And on an optimistic note, we interviewed Emily Palin of Rise Network, who is part of a network. She is the executive director of an organization that is devoted to trying to help our students graduate from high school. And she has, over the course of the last seven years, compiled data that shows that if we focus on the critical ninth grade and we can accumulate results that show that more people graduate successfully from ninth grade, that they are far more likely to graduate high school as a whole. Here's what Emily Palin of Rise Network had to say. If we pay attention and understand the needs of each and every one of our students, we can change the trajectory. It's not too late in high school. And we see such evidence of that through the data that continue to encourage us to, to keep pushing. And on a final note, on the lighter side of life, we had a chance to speak with the relatives of Milton Green, a world-famous photographer of the 20th century. We spoke to his widow, Amy, and his son, Josh, about growing up in the shadow of Paul Newman. There's a great story where when Paul would work on location, he also, as you know, by based on The Hustler, he was a brilliant pool player. He loved mm-hmm. playing pool. And and so did my dad, and we had a pool table at home, too. Anyway, so when Paul was on location doing a film in some little town somewhere, he'd go to the bar and to play pool, and his hustle was not for money, but the deal was if you lose, you have to vote vote Democratic in the next election, whether it was local (laughs) or national, whatever was going on, that was the bet. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thanks for listening to This Week in Connecticut. If you'd like to hear the whole Lisa Wexler show, go to lisawexler.com and click on the podcast link. And if you'd like to email me, That's easy, lisa at lisawexler.com, and I promise to reply. We'll be back next week with another edition of This Week in Connecticut.